Hi and welcome to the Popcorn Cream. <laughs> Hi and welcome to the Popcorn Brain Creative Podcast. My name is Caroline Darling Hughes, and I will be your host on this podcast. I am so looking forward to sharing all parts of having a creative popcorn brain with you. This is the introductionary episode of the podcast where I will just be explaining a little bit about who I am and some of the issues, some of the themes that I will be discussing in this podcast. I can't wait to invite friends, invite guests and hear all about the different aspects of uh, being a creative and how to make it work for your life. Yeah, so my name is Caroline and I live in Denmark and I have an English husband and that's why I also chose to do this podcast in English. Um, just, I have a lot of followers that aren't from Denmark and, um, well, I like, I like reaching out. I like that this creative community is bigger than just uh, countries. So yes, that's why I'm speaking in English. And sometimes you might hear my accent change or you might hear me pronounce words wrong. And I'm really, really sorry about that. But that is just the case with me. But I hope that you'll still enjoy listening. But today I'm just going to talk about myself a little bit. Doesn't that sound fun? No, I'm just going to explain a little bit about who I am and how I've come to the point where I am in my creative life. And of course, I'm also going to explain to you what Popcorn Brain actually is to me, at least. I'm calling this the Popcorn Brain Creative Podcast because I actually have a popcorn brain. And a popcorn brain, well, everybody knows what popcorn, uh, what popcorn does. Popcorn just pops, right? You put it in the microwave or you put it in your pan and you hear these little pops, pops, pops and you have to like be careful that they don't, um, yeah, pop out everywhere if you have it in a pan and you might like open the lid. But um, that's, that's basically what my brain does sometimes. I get a lot of ideas and I have a lot of um, dreams, a lot of thoughts about what I want to do in my creative life uh, and also how to make it a professional creative life. And that sometimes feels like popcorn brain. It simply feels like you have all the ideas inside your head and uh, you might need to uh, or want to open some kind of lid somehow just for some of them to come out because at some point they're just going to make your head explode. Um, yeah, that's the that's the bad that's the bad the the bad side of it. But of course, it's also great in the way that I often just get ideas upon ideas and. Yeah, the difficult thing or the challenge of it is, of course, to know which ideas to act on and how to approach them and how to make, yeah, prioritize um, which ones you're going to do first and so on. But basically, Popcorn Brain to me is that there just is a never-ending supply of things to do, um, a never-ending list of things that I would like to pursue and, oh, this could be fun or that table could be turned into something else or... Yes, that little piece of scrap fabric can also be made into something and those beads should definitely become uh, earrings instead of a bracelet and let's redecorate the whole house or let's paint it green or something like that. That is how my popcorn brain works. And it can be really, really good. And then sometimes when you're lying in bed at night and you should rest or any other times where you should also rest, then it's just not possible because your brain is just working and working and working. And I call it the Popcorn Brain Creative Podcast because this is a podcast about the 
creative aspects of popcorn brain. And I guess you can have popcorn brain in a lot of other ways as well, where it might not be so um, so great because it's not uh, ideas that are popping out, but it can be, yeah, worse things than that, that just keep kind of popping out and not making space for anything else. But again, this is the focus on creativity. So that's what we're going to talk about. It took a while before I actually felt comfortable with my popcorn brain and felt okay to have it because, um, yeah, it basically, it takes a while to learn how to navigate in all these different ideas and to also accept that they don't all turn into finished projects, that just because you have a lot of creative ideas, it doesn't mean that you have to have the same amount of finished projects because that's, I guess, is not humanly possible. So to simply take your popcorn brain and enjoy all the ideas that you get and then you can make lists or you can make some kind of system that I'm also going to talk about in a later episode. But to accept that they're not all going to happen, they're not all going to be finished, but of course to just enjoy the ideas and feel the inspiration and also catch some of these, um, some of these, some of these little creative popcorns that are popping out. And then to figure out which ones is it that you want to prioritize, which ones, uh, which, which, which of the ideas are actually the ones that you want to go with. And then they might change underway because that's also the part of the popcorn brain uh, syndrome is that even though it started in one place, it might, uh, it might change and become something else. So it took a while to deal with the popcorn brain, to learn how to navigate in it and to not just feel a lot of frustration and a lot of uh, sadness, I guess, that I have all these ideas, but I can't, I can't do them all. And I've actually, for a while, I've felt failure often because I had all the ideas and I had them in my notepad on so many little scraps of paper uh, written down everywhere. And I had different piles of projects I wanted to do at certain points. And there was a failure connected to that because, of course, I couldn't do all of them. So I think that's very important when you have a popcorn brain and you are a creative person, that you also are kind to yourself, that you actually remember that, um, that you can't help it. It's just your brain who's making all these ideas, who's being so great and so kind to you and giving you all these ways to uh, have a creative outlet, but that you can't, you can't pursue all of them. And that doesn't mean that you're a failure. Allow the brain to just have the popcorn, the creative thoughts just pop out and zing and ding and bong and whatever it does to your head. And then catch some of the best ones or the fun ones or the ones that you can do quickest. And accept that you can't do them all and that that is okay. You're still a good person even though you can't fulfill your hundred thousands of popcorn brain ideas. But because my popcorn brain um, yeah, is full of creative ideas, this podcast will also be on a lot of different creative subjects uh, because I, uh, yes, my profile is actually mainly in sewing. And that is, of course, a really good, um, yeah, this is a good time to introduce myself, I guess. But this podcast will handle a lot of different creative aspects. Um, and also, there will probably be some that it will never get around to dealing with because there just are so many different themes in the creative world. But uh, I will try to juggle around the ones that I work with or that I have some guests that can talk about. Um, yes, and I'm looking forward to that so much. But now a little bit about me. 
So I'm 40 years old today and um, also tomorrow and also yesterday. But yeah, and I'm in Denmark right now and I've lived in England as well. That's, um, yeah, my husband's from England and we went to live there for a little while. I've also lived in Canada, Vancouver. And uh, that's, yeah, I, I love, I love, loved, loved living those places and um, would also, yeah, like to travel more, but I'm also very happy with the base I have here in the northern part of Denmark, where it's quite peaceful and quiet and, uh, yeah, lots of wind, but that's also cool. Um, I grew up here in a small town and I have always loved to be creative. I have loved drawing, I loved uh, making things. I had, uh, there were different creative people in my childhood surrounding me. And um, yeah, some were doing it for fun and others were doing it because it was also necessary. My mom did some of us, made some of my clothes and that was both because it was like a nice thing to do and you could create, uh, yeah, you could have some specific ideas and or choose the fabric. But I guess it was also just in a time where clothes were more expensive and uh, it was more normal that families, um, yeah, moms, of course, specifically, helped make the clothes. But I also had a granddad who, uh, yeah, who was really just the best, who was very creative, and I loved drawing with him. I loved building things with him. He continued to inspire me also in my adult life with all the things he pursued of jewelry making and woodworks and just the general kind of fixing the house, I guess. And in that way, there's been lots of people inspiring me. And I love to do it myself. Uh, my nan gave me my first sewing machine. We had a sewing machine at my house. My mom had a sewing machine and I could borrow that, but it was kind of hard to figure out exactly how to use it. And yeah, we didn't have a lot of fabric either. So it wasn't that easy to do a lot of projects on it. But my nan then gave me my own sewing machine when she changed hers to a newer model. So when I was 13, I had her old sewing machine and I remember traveling home from the island where they lived and I had to go there by plane. So I traveled home with this new or old sewing machine in my hand luggage and it was, I, it felt like there were so many promises in that journey and coming home and I had, a, it was a late evening flight. So I came home <laughs> basically at midnight, but I just had to instantly set it up in my room and start sewing. So I found some, I don't know, some old tablecloth or something and tried to make some trousers for the next day. And they were probably uh, really, really uh, ugly and not fitting, but uh, it was just the best. Being able to create just here uh, on the spot with my own equipment. I was, I was so, so happy. So there was this big creative drive in my life but I also had a family that were quite sensible in the way that you had to choose a profession that would be certain, that could give bread on the table, that had some kind of security to it. And I was realistic enough as a, as a teen, as a young woman, to know how difficult the creative world can be, how difficult the artistic world can be, so that it would take so much to pursue that. So I tried to go the more academic way instead and just, yeah, just continue drawing and painting and sewing and making crafty things at home, but try to go to university and do something there and yeah, study Spanish or study media. It, uh, it wasn't really what I wanted at the time. So I then went to a design school and actually thought, okay, 
this is this is what I like. I like making clothes. I like drawing. So I'm going to do this. And this was a short uh, degree. <clears throat> and uh, it only took two years, the first part of the degree. So that seemed like a good thing for me to do. I could try that out and see how it worked. And that was a design school that catered to the industry. So it wasn't as artistic and creative as I might have dreamed of. But I also liked to know that there was a certainty in it that I could go out afterwards and get a job in the industry. Um, of design and clothes making and it was also a very very um, very good practical school in the way that you actually learned as a design student you learned how to make uh, patterns you learned how to make perfect blazers and shirts and all the difficult things that I hadn't sewn so much of before as where I just did what I wanted to do and kind of made up my own rules about sewing so this was a good two years of actually learning some very good tricks from the industry and learning how to specifically make these patterns, how to alter things, how to make stuff fit. Coming out with the degree, um, again, when you have a popcorn brain, there's a lot of things that you want to do. And I also had a popcorn brain in some other aspects of my life. And with the same at the same time, having the family's um, expectations of you. So... It was a time of not knowing which was the right path to go on. And you kind of think, okay, I have this creative uh, degree now. I have this uh, design degree. What can I do with that? Oh, oh, there's still some people in my family who really think I should study to be something uh, that makes more money, something that has more prestige or something that will give me a more safe future and so on. And being a young person, that is so hard to be in and actually make the right choice because it's so hard to imagine what the rest of your life will be and also what life will look out look at on the other side of a potential uh, degree. So I still kind of moved around a little bit, tried to do some more university studies and tried to also work in the industry, in the design industry, which was extremely tough. And uh, at least where I was, it was basically known for just uh, chewing up people and spitting them out again because it's a prestigious thing to be a designer at least it, it is among many people so you take a lot from your workplace you give a lot extra and you don't get that much back and um, the workplaces I heard about and that I was involved with they weren't that interested in actually looking after their employees and taking care of them because there's always a lot of new designers standing in line waiting to be paid not that much salary and waiting to work really, really hard um, to get an intro level position. So it was a hard thing. It was a hard place to be in. And also just the, yeah, there's a lot of this. It's, it's, it's a lot of expectation of people, both of the people working um, uh, on the design team, because, you know, you have to stay extra. You have to do some more. You can't leave early the next day just because you stayed three hours later um, the evening before. But it's also, it was also expectation of the workforce in the countries where the things were produced. And this was, a, yeah, this was many years ago, more than yeah, 15 years ago. So there wasn't the focus that there is today about actually taking care of the workers. And I feel so bad when I think about the orders sent to other countries and the things demanded of them and for the low, low, low prices that we actually paid for it. So it's a, it's a tough industry to be in, in ma on many levels. And it's an industry that, yeah, that wasn't for me. And I had to just resign and, and, and think about something else to do. 
and many, many, many different uh, side turns later. I worked in some other professions and traveled and eventually uh, became pregnant and moved back to Denmark and got pregnant again. I started studying something else where I could still be creative, but more with writing and communicating. And that was fine. All the time on the side, I had kept my creative juices flowing in the way that I could make clothes for myself. I could make clothes for my daughters. I could make paintings for our house or give to people. And I did all these little creative things. I made some books for my work, just some drawings, did some coloring books. I worked in a field of sustainability and I also there could be able to, to design different things that was needed for the educational purposes and so on. And I think that really helped me that I still had a creative outlet and I could use that popcorn brain in a work position as well, even though it wasn't exactly in the field of my yeah, deepest desires, but I could still use my popcorn brain when we had a project at work and think about, okay, what else could we do for this? That could be fun and that could be an idea and that could also, yeah, be possible. And that was really, really good. But still the popcorn brain that the personal on the personal level kept taking over and I just had more and more things I wanted to do at home. And uh, when you have a popcorn brain and you also have a full-time job and you have a family, you really need to put it into some kind of system. And uh, that's what I had to do. So it's just a lot of list making, a lot of prioritizing and a lot of figuring out which is the most important thing for you to do because you can't do them all. Suddenly I could wake up and think, okay, I'll make, you know, 50 pouches to sell at a Christmas market or I'll make something else in huge quantities and then I'll make money and it'll be fun and I can use up all this fabric I have and you have to think about how long something will actually take and what you'll get out of it. And that's also part of the popcorn brain. That you can also sometimes have a lot of ideas that you think can make you money or it will be a good investment or that will just not take a long time. And you really have to be realistic with your popcorn brain and you have to be critical of it and you have to also tell yourself that it's okay that you don't act on all of these impulses. So now basically I have, I have learned to live with my creative popcorn brain. That sounds fun, doesn't it? I have a full-time job um, in the communication field, I guess you can call it, where I do different kinds of communications and PR and also yeah, do some projects for some different parts of the municipality. And that is a lot of fun. And it, yeah, it, it actually inspires me. And of course, not all the tasks are dream tasks, but um, I can definitely be fulfilled with, with working with that. And I feel quite lucky that I work in a field that is interesting and rewarding and where I also get to use my creative popcorn brain, I guess. But on the same, at the same time, um, I, I definitely have decided that I also want to do my popcorn brain creative stuff at home. So I have now published, um, yeah, I'm on my third book coming out this fall. And that is quite great. And that is like, my books are definitely a big part of how my popcorn brain works. And it sounds weird, but I have notebooks with the first 30 uh, ideas for the next books I'm going to do. And at some part, point, at some point, it actually gets ridiculous. And you, you start just laughing at your popcorn brain. 
because even though I'm on my third book now, it is still not realistic that I'll make 30 books um, anytime soon. So I kind of left my popcorn brain with that. And um, I don't think that that's something that's going to happen, that I'm going to make all these books. But it's a good way of still, still noting them down because maybe one of those crazy ideas among those 30 ideas will actually be the next one that I'll start working on. I think that's a good way to treat your, your popcorn brain is to respect it, to welcome all the ideas that it gives you and just tell it that, yeah, we're not going to do all of them. But some of them might be really good and then you just figure out how to prioritize them and then give the time to the ones that are the best, the ones that you think will be the most fun to work on, the ones that you can also manage to actually finish. If you can tell that there are some of these ideas that will just take too long to do, then let them go or let them rest for a while and do something else because you also have to be able to still find energy in it to finish them. And in another episode, I will I would love to talk more about the book process and how that has actually worked, because that is really a whole separate chapter on how the popcorn brain works. But the popcorn brain for me is just getting ideas all the time, having a notebook, having a Word document on my laptop, making sure that I always welcome the ideas, that I write them down, that I try to notice them, because I might forget them if I don't write them down, and some of them might be really, really great. But to also respect my own time, my own energy, and the rest of my life, I can't work on these popcorn, popcorn brain ideas constantly. I also have a family. I also have a full-time job. So choose them wisely, I would like to say. Respect them all, but choose them wisely, the ones that you actually want to do. So to all of you out there listening, thanks for being here. So yeah, until now, it's been great talking to you. And it's been really nice to actually, yeah, get deeper into this aspect of having a popcorn brain. This podcast is for all of you out there who, whether you do one craft or art project, or you have many different skills and many things that you do um but it's to all of you who actually feel the ideas popping up whether it's in different fields or in the same field but you can just be in the midst of one project and then still feel the next seven pressing on and also wanting a piece of you and want to take your time and saying hey hey look at me i also uh, you need to yeah you need to look over here or you need to also do me this podcast is for all of you in a way to help you cope and also help you feel inspired because having a popcorn brain, I don't think you can turn it off. So this podcast is also to actually make it work even better, even quicker, even more energetic. Because I know that when you listen to this podcast and all the episodes that come, you will also be inspired by that. So in a way, I'm afraid to say that this will probably turn on your popcorn brain even more. And uh, yeah, I hope that you can cope with that. I hope the world can cope with that. But I think it's going to be great. So thanks for listening to this uh, introductionary episode of the Popcorn Brain Creative Podcast. 
My name is Caroline Darling Hughes, and you can find me um, on a lot of different platforms. Just search for Scandi Mama with a K because that's how it's spelled in Scandinavia. I'm so sorry because, uh, yeah, it's kind of misleading. But Scandi Mama with a K and Caroline with a K. And then I'm sure you'll find both my blog and my Instagram account and my YouTube account. I do a lot of sewing, so that's my main content, but I also do a lot of other projects. And uh, yeah, give me a comment, send me a line. I would love to see your projects as well. And uh, yeah, speak to you next time soon and take care.